Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum. We're proudly part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Jim Stamm. Jim, are you ready to keep some of our listeners' company while they wait in the car on Black Friday? Yeah, that's uh, that's its own uh, version of craziness. So, yeah, man, they can they can take a break during uh, Thanksgiving day and stop arguing the politics and all that stuff and come listen to us or do it on Black Friday. Man, people got all weekend to do it this time. Yeah, it's going to be nice. So, I mean, I'll tell you, we have a ton to talk about today. It's actually kind of going to be hard to cram it all into one show, but, but hey, it's the day after Thanksgiving, so everyone should be used to being overstuffed by now. So, uh, the obvious, we, we promised we'd talk about it last week, so we clearly are going to this week. The 40-man the Rule 5 stuff, break, you know, uh, let's talk about what they did. Let's let's just cover that real quick, shall we? Yeah, let's do it, because we were kind of uh, biting our, our tongues and our biding our time waiting for this to come out. So now that it's here, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, we had no idea that the Pirates would wait so close to um, – the evening like, to, to actually pull the trigger on what they did. But I'd like to go back a little bit longer than that. Cause I'm going to go ahead and lump Diego Castillo into this decision-making process because, uh, you know, I'm going to count him as a guy that got added to the 40 man. I think it just makes this entire picture a little clearer. So we'll say Diego Castillo, Jack Sawinski, Lever Peguero, Caden Smith and Jigba, and Travis Swaggerty all got added, and the only one they removed is Michael Perez. So, you know, hey, at least we kind of got an assurance that a new backup catcher's on the way, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a small thing, but I think they can improve there. So, yeah, even that was a good little sign for me to say, okay, well, good. There's no more Michael Perez. I mean, so... This obviously has some storylines built in, like who wasn't protected, how many outfielders can you reasonably carry, why not protect any pitching. Got any thoughts on this off the top of your head, or should I start setting things up on a tee for you? No, let me just say this. I think I was just a little bit surprised about the pitching uh, on the surface. I think once you look into it a little bit more, think you could maybe understand it that these were guys that weren't major league ready guys and they felt that they could probably keep um right. you know and not risk losing um we talked at length before about uh, bolton and thought that maybe he would be one of the guys they protected right but he hasn't pitched in two years i think they're hoping that uh, that goes in their favor uh, right so yeah that was my first thought what was yours uh, pretty much that, like I can, I could reasonably talk myself out of being upset about any of the pitching. Um, like the ones that I'm most concerned about are really like Omar Cruz, to be honest with you. I, I think he's one of the only good lefty options they have coming up in the starting, ro- starting rotation mix, mm-hmm. at least as far as you're thinking about. Sure. And he's very developed as far as his off speed stuff goes, which is usually the last thing to come. He's pretty close to hitting triple A. 
I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about losing him. Um, he, he doesn't have high velocity, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking he's a guy that might fly under the radar a little bit, but we just right. traded for him. So to me, you just traded for the guy. I don't understand why you would leave him exposed. <laughs> Obviously, you like him, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you hate to classify someone as a soft tosser, but um, no, that's what know, he is. He, yeah, he yeah. is, and um, he's not going to light up a radar gun. And maybe teams just aren't as going to be looking for someone like that, and maybe they feel like he's somebody that might get overlooked. But I agree with you in the sense that you could see a team that needs some bullpen help, and Thinking they can get away with throwing him an inning every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Pirates kind of look at the Pirates, and they've kind of done that, and they even did it with um, uh, Oviedo. Um, You know, so pitchers to me are the most vulnerable thing in the Rule Five, always. Yeah. So I guess I found it at least a little curious that he didn't choose to protect any of them, because when I I'm talking about lesser names here, like you know, I could I could just come out here like all all thunder and, and boom and talk about Tanaj Thomas. And, but I'm not really that worried about losing Tanaj Thomas. He took a big step back last year, and his control is really, really bad right now. Yeah. That said, he's almost the same player as Luis Oviedo, and we took him. So you could definitely see it happen. I can't see him lasting on a roster. I don't think I've seen very many teams as patient as the Pirates were with Oviedo. Right. So, I mean, he's a guy I think might even get returned if he does get picked up. So the guys that I'm really worried about going, they're lesser lights, really. I'm worried about Hunter Stratton, a guy that I thought really could have probably played a role in our bullpen this year. Uh, A guy like uh, Yeri De Los Santos. Right. Those are players that I guess they're not names, they're not on the top of the prospect boards or anything, but if you really want to be worried about somebody getting taken, these are these are guys right there that are in the wheelhouse for that. They could yeah, definitely survive a bullpen. Right, and you know we've talked about it with the Pirates um, before, which is you'd like to see them being a little more careful with pitching and protecting it a little, just simply because yeah. it's still something that they need to you know catch up to the hitting in, in, in the system. I mean, Gary, maybe they're just looking at it like, Hey, look, if one of these guys happens to get scooped up, we're, we'll just eat it. And, sure. and sure. We're, we're content with keeping guys that are more major league ready. Um, I think what you look at it with some of the guys they did keep, they're athletes. They look like they can play and provide a role in major league baseball in some capacity and maybe that's just the side they came down on and they're willing to risk maybe losing a, a young arm that um, that ideally they would have liked to protect in a better scenario. Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument can be made. They had room, obviously. You know, we, we, we both still see some scrap iron in this roster. It's not like uh, – and no, I don't mean Phil Garner. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> My mustache just grew uh, three inches when you mentioned his name. So, but like that—that—that's 
something we both see. There, there's room to to cut some more people. Um, well, let's let's talk about that though for a second, because there are two to three names right away that jump out at you on that roster, and you're like, hmm, I mean, why why are they still on the forty man? Give me your spin on that. Tell me what you're thinking, because I'm thinking something. As far as like the spots, they're they're really because it's better to have something that's underperforming than nothing. They know the prospects they could protect aren't going to factor in or be ready this year, or at least that's their thought right now. So um, if they protect one of those players and can't get somebody that actually factors in the major league scene, then they're going to have to go and get somebody else. And they probably plan to go and get somebody else already. But you don't throw away your your tools just because they're not working right until you're sure you can get a new one. Yeah, you know, it looks to me like they, they've built in a little uh, fat there that they know they, they can trim off at any point yep. um, and just do it, you know, nice, clean, simple, cut him, get this next guy in, sign him, um, put him on your 40-man. But So I'm interested to see, like, even who goes for Quintana. Well. You know, because that, that's, that's a new addition to the 40-man to the there. He's coming on. Right. Somebody's going to go off. I'd imagine it's one of the guys we identified that we haven't named names yet. But, you know, it's a Cody Ponce type. That's that's what it is. It's it's somebody along those lines or it's a handhole or something like that. It's it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be something revolutionary. They could probably um, I mean, Bond is another one that jumps out at me um, that he seems like he could be expendable. Um that's, if it that's was Bonda, enough. that would that would say something weird to me because that would say that they see um, they see this as a bullpen pickup. You know, to me, I almost part of me almost wondered like, well, are they going to now not non tender one of those two, Brout or Cole? Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> over it real quick. What I'm doing right now is I'm just looking over the roster thinking, man, are we missing somebody? We're really not. Well, while you're while you're looking at that, since yeah. we were talking about Quintana, we should probably just go ahead and address that it's going to be almost unbearable listening to Greg Brown say his name this year. It really <laughs> is. The guy is I, – I don't know. I don't listen to the broadcast an awful lot. I'm pretty, I'm pretty famous for, for saying that. I listen to music usually. But it seems like every time I turn it on, I have to listen to Greg Brown pronouncing some Latin player's name like he grew up in Mexico City. And it cracks me up every time. I, I don't even know how else to put it. It's It'll be something like, Jose Quintana. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. I can't yeah. wait. I think he does that in some ways just to keep his sanity when he's in the booth. Um, he has to find a way to entertain himself. So we already know what he's done to poor Yoshi's name at this point. Um, but I mean, do you want to talk about the the addition of him at all? I mean, what do, what what do sure. you think? What do you? I mean, off the top of my head, he's a two million dollar tryout. You know, I mm-hmm. I'd like to see this team if I if they've really taken a step forward and management is different this time. I'd like to see them look at that as nothing more than paying a guy $2 million to bring him in and see if he can stick and be completely fine eating the money if he doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's pocket change. So um, if it, it hasn't been here, though, that's the thing. 
I'd like to start seeing it as pocket change. Well, hopefully they see it as that because at the major league level, boy, if you're if you're um, losing sleep over two million dollars, then we've got some other issues. But um, and it turns it really, out, turns out we do have some other issues. So <laughs> yeah, I I I don't mind it. Um, I mean, the guy's had some success. It's been a little while. He's been hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think, though, that it'll turn into be one of these things where, I mean, he either will be healthy and pitch a little better than expected, or we're going to see a guy out of gas and the bottom has fallen out because I just don't see it as being anything else. It feels to me like a guy that um, he's going to come into spring training, stink out loud. They're going to keep him anyway. Fans are going to lose their minds. He's going to start out as one of the best pitchers in the NL for the first month of the season. And that happens so often. Jordan Lyles was just like that. Yeah. I mean, and, he was. And he made the rotation, whether he should have or not, whether he deserved it or not. And then he turned out to be one of the better pitchers in the uh, National League for the first month of the season. For some reason, I'm, I'm getting that vibe from Quintana because he yeah. definitely has that skill set in him. And I could see him going full bore to start the season and then kind of fading out. Uh, it, it could very well be something like that. Um, he could he could easily come out, show us a little something. And, you know, these pitchers, they, they tend to do that anyway in the early months where the, the, the pitching seems to be a little bit maybe ahead of the hitting. Weather's not good. Right. Bats are cold. See that. Um, I, look, I just look at it as there's no risk involved. He's a guy that's had some success. Maybe they get lucky with him. If he if it doesn't happen, it doesn't it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. We were expecting a couple signings like this. Sure, yeah, I expect. And maybe like that this. name is just a little bit better than from a name perspective than it was the you know the the Youngs or the um, is it the Young? Yeah, we had uh, Chase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it could be one of those things. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, you and I will have to start breaking down his um, deadline deal trade value after his hot start. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Um, I mean, in case you couldn't tell, we were joking. We're not going to discuss Quintana's deadline deal price tag. Um, but I would say Wander Franco is a good start. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want like the NL's Cy Young winner, I think you're going to want Wander Franco, right? So... Um, Let's start with that, Jim. I, I think that's probably one of the bigger stories in baseball today is uh, the Wander Franco deal for the Rays. We talked a little bit last week about how should this come to fruition, it's going to take one more big boulder out of the way for Bob Nutting to hide behind. Um, people are spending money now. And 
I think a lot of people are getting hung up on the number. You know, 185 is really big. I know there's some incentives built in there too. 185 is a lot of money. But we're not thinking of it right if we're thinking of that as one big lump of cash. I mean, you got to think about that being spread out over 11 years. And I don't care how you break it up. That's not going to kill the Rays. And it wouldn't kill the Pirates either. So how does Bob Nutting continue to hide behind this subject? At some point, he's kind of going to get embarrassed into it, isn't he? I mean, one would hope. Um, you would think there would become a certain point in time where – uh, they just realized that they can no longer keep using some of the same excuses that they've used in the past. Uh, people are smarter than that now. Um, uh, that may have bought them some time early on in the, the, the ownership of this team with nutting, but not now, not when you start seeing things like this, <clears throat> excuse me. And let's, 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 let's at least first clarify that, we're not talking about Wander Franco and equating it to Brian Reynolds' situation right. from that totally standpoint. Different. Totally different. Yeah, it's not um, about years and years and an amount to me. Like I don't need them to sign somebody for ten years. I guess what yeah. I'm saying is this deal happens. I don't know how you could dare to tell me you couldn't sign anybody you want on this team barring that they don't want out of town. If they want to be here, which we've already heard Brian wants to be here repeatedly. There's no way you can tell me that you can't afford to do it. There, there there's no way at this point. Um, and like you said, people get very caught up in the, in the big number. Okay. Well, yes, it's guaranteed money. Um, there's no denying that, but when you're talking spreading things out over a decade, and on top of that, it probably won't be the Rays that have to pay it out at the That's some very, point yeah, during right, yeah. yeah some point during that deal. So then we're then we're even talking less money because I mean I think it's a little bit naive to think that he's going to sign that deal and, and, and stay in Tampa that whole time. No, well, it, <laughs> see, we say it like oh, it's Tampa. I don't think Garrett Cole's going to finish his contract in New York. I don't yeah. think Tatis is going to finish his contract in San Diego. It's, I mean, any since since these contracts have been signed, dating back to the A Rod days, it didn't work out that way. Right? Um, yeah, he was even moved. Um, so somebody at some point will decide that they don't want to pay him that anymore. He'll be moved on. They'll get players in return. They'll get out from under that deal. But yeah, I mean, the Pirates, that's the thing about it is the Pirates can make some moves as far as contractually go with Reynolds or even Hayes and whether we decide, whether we think he's ready for that kind of extension or not or if it's even wise to do so, that's probably another conversation. But let's say they were ready and, and he was too. They could do it knowing full well that they're not going to be under the, uh, you know, on the hook for that the whole time. So there really is no excuse at this point. Right. I think that's really what we're trying to get across here is it's not like I need them to do a, a similar contract like that. I don't need to like make up some scenario where O'Neill Cruz comes up here and looks like God 
and you know the pirates are obligated because the Rays did this to to give him ten years and X amount of dollars. But I am not going to sit here and say that they couldn't. I'm not going to sit here and pretend they couldn't. And the only way you get burned by it, the only way you get burned by it, is if Wander Franco has a catastrophic injury. Like, yeah. and I'm and I mean either uh, career ending or career altering. You know, let's say like yep. he he hurts his leg so bad he he can never run the same or he can't really play the field anymore. You know, the okay, yeah, they get burned big time. They really do. That's the fear. That's the only fear you could possibly justify. But you can't tell me twenty million dollars a year would crush any franchise in this league. It wouldn't. No, it would, it would hurt them more, obviously. We've talked about that before. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's not – they're not going to be putting the team up for sale. It's still a very digestible yearly number for any any of these teams. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, unless he has – it turns out like, you know, he, he, he turns out to have an 85-year-old back when he's 23 and things of that nature. But outweighing the risk versus the reward – I mean, even Acuna's had a, a really bad knee injury, and I don't think there's any any concern that he's not going to come back and be the same player. So it would really have to be something terrible. No, you're, you're totally right, and I I think we we probably assume the worst on things like that, you know. But I, I think you know, in many ways, San Diego is probably eh, they've at least got a little bit of like second thought going on about Tatis. I'd say. You know, he hasn't really picked up the the shortstop the way they want. He's dynamic as hell, mm-hmm. but he makes a ton of errors. And, you know, that's not really sustainable in the game long term. You, you kind of have to field that position. So right, they already started toying with moving into the outfield. He swings the bat so hard, he's literally throwing his own shoulder out of joint. There's going to come a point where he has to realize for his own health, he's got to change the way he swings the bat, at least on a regular basis, which will obviously change his stats and the way he plays. So, yeah, when you sign them young, it's a risk. But it's also something that we have to stop pretending this team can't do. You can say they shouldn't. I'll take that. I'll accept that. Yeah. But I will not take can't. Not even in this market. Yeah, you know, it gets... I think we get bow, uh, brow beaten here a little bit in Pittsburgh into even start thinking about like, well, who can we get on the cheap and who can we do, you yeah. know, who can we get a bargain for? And well, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would uh, do that because that's a little risky. Well, I saw people, know. the thing is going back to the Quintana stuff. I saw people talking about Quintana, like going like, Oh, I wouldn't have spent $2 million on him. Dude, it's $2 million in major league baseball. Yeah. And, you and, don't understand. And, That's nothing. And not your adventure. money, by the way. Yeah. I mean, we people need to be uh, – look, I get it. You want them to be wise with, with how they spend. But we don't need to be uh, these fantastic stewards of Bob Nutting's money either. I yeah, mean, right. <laughs> you know, like, like let's, let's, let's remind people that – you know, he's the owner of a major league baseball team and they have money to spend. We don't need to um, get that carried away about how much they are or are not shelling out. for. I'll baseball. tell you what pirates fans are, man. They're Bob Cratchit 
giving some of his paycheck back to Scrooge. <laughs> it's 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 constant worrying about somebody that ain't worried about you. Yeah. It, if he's spending two million dollars on a pitcher like Jose Quintana, trust me, they're fine. They're not worried about that money. Yeah. It's well, just, it's, it's almost it's almost like um, some people get are getting uh, it in their head that there's only one way to do a rebuild. Oh yeah. And so we've talked about that a little bit as well, which is you don't have to be awful the whole way through a rebuild to uh, to the extent that what we saw last year and that it's okay to start supplementing. And I think people just get it in their minds that, and maybe it's just been, that's really the only way people here have known meaning pirate fans that there's only one way to go about it. And so we've just got to stop staying in those lines of thinking because um, I mean, they're not accurate. And to be honest, it's letting, you know, that ownership family and group off the hook a a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect this team to be good this year. I don't. And, no. and I don't and I don't expect even spending a little money is going to help that all that all, all that much. Right. I do think that as by and large I would say the fan base doesn't give enough enough thought to the fact that some of these young players, second and third year players predominantly are going to actually improve. I mean, that will happen. And some will take a step back too. Sure. But like, let's just say like the, the, the Max Kranich you see next year may not be the Max Kranich you saw last year. And JT Brubaker really could figure out the home run thing to go with all of his other numbers. And suddenly he really, really doesn't look like somebody that you want to slot in the back of the rotation anymore. Mitch Keller could come in with his head screwed on straight. Anything could happen. You, you can't just assume that it's the same roster. It's going to be the same exact results. But there's certain yeah, I mean, areas, Jim, where you look at, like the bullpen, it's a mess. And it's not going to not be a mess. Like that's a place where they can supplement and they can have immediate impact on the cheap and in- immediately make this team at least a little more palatable. At least make Brian Reynolds' home runs matter. Yeah, and now if you were telling me every dime and penny that they have been saving here, they were putting it in, you know, off to the side and we could see this huge amount. And boy, when it's time. uh, The floodgates are open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nutting just starts writing chump change in the memos of his (laughs) checks. Like then maybe I could say, okay, well, that's different, right? It's going to be this huge budget. A, A, that's never been said. B, that's not how it's going to happen. So they need to start doing some of this now. I don't think we should want and expect them to go into a season just expecting they're going to be as bad as they 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 were. Um, or, or we shouldn't have to expect that. Yeah, right. Like touching back on like what I was starting to, to, to get into about some of the players having the ability within them to get a little better. The rotation's a place where I get confused just looking at it. I think, you know, in during the break, you and I were just counting up how many people we felt could be part of the mix here as far as the starting rotation goes. Right. I'm not sitting here telling you it's an all-star team, 
But I'm telling you, there's 11 players I legitimately feel can stake some kind of claim to that starting rotation. Now, how do they navigate that? Some of those players are obviously going to start in the minors. Rowanzi Contreras is going to clearly start in the minors. Let's just stop pretending. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Max Kranich's an easy start in the minors guy. Miguel Yajure. But if you keep, like, Brault and Cole and Quintana now and Bryce Wilson, you ha- I mean, you almost have to keep Mitch Keller, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've kind I, of fought through it with him now. Brubaker, Brubaker would be left out in that scenario. I wonder how they play this. So, like, part of me almost wants to give them room in the rotation where, like, he legitimately thinks there's more there with some of these young guys. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we have an Avery Glavin experience here, or you know, do we have to go out and get some stuff? I can well, understand I think, that almost. I could pardon that. Well, and I think we can break it down into what we're talking about <clears throat> as far as um, parts of the team. If we're talking starting pitching, okay, well, we can get there that maybe that's a wait and see. But like you just talked <clears> – <throat> excuse me. You just talked about with uh, the bullpen, there's no need to wait and see. So, I mean, I, I think it just depends on what aspect of the team you're looking at and even breaking it down even further. And by the way, I'm looking forward to, I think um, we even talked about it maybe next show, just getting into that, those, yeah, um, right. the, the starting pitching possibilities. And, uh, you know, because there's a lot of names and maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like quarterbacks. If you have two quarterbacks, maybe you have none. And maybe <laughs> we'll, have if you have about, start- <laughs> we'll have to talk about when the best time to do that is because we almost might want to let a little bit of uh, the dust settle a little bit, you know, that's on, true on uh, potentially, are they all done signing guys? Are they all, you know, but knowing this team, they're not done signing guys until about April 3rd, you know, because they'll be picking up people that got let go by other teams and whatnot. So um, we'll play that one by ear. But it to me, back to Wander Franco, yeah. good for him. I mean, honestly, he got, he got his chain jerked a little bit. I know he's only 20. But that kid could have been up here when he was 19. Yeah. Um, so happy for him. Really good deal, I think, for both sides, to be honest with you. The, the guaranteed money is great. Uh, very hard to be 20 years old and turn down a quarter of a million dollars almost, right? <laughs> so Yeah. You know, it must say something for him, too, that they were comfortable enough from a maturity standpoint to 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 hand him that kind of a deal you know a that he can handle it um just from having that kind of money and now you know he comes from a baseball family so um i think that this is one of those things where depending on who you got if you're that sure about him i saw the numbers today with his ops and um he's crazy i mean i mean like the guys who had that kind of ops and that in that um, span of time through their first however many games. Yeah. I mean, it was it was the list of lists. So yeah. I think they can feel pretty comfortable. Well, that I think that's why maybe I got so queasy today when like I, I started talking about this subject a little bit online and some people wanted to like start tossing Brian Reynolds' name in there. And I'm like, yeah. you know, there might not be anybody that, th- that thinks more of the guy than me. I'm not comfortable with that. Okay. Like 
This is not the same guy like to put in that sentence. Sorry. Very good player. Wander Franco is a different breed. Listen, there's a there's a handful of guys in baseball um, that are young and talented and that they are on their own list of absolute Acuna. oh yeah. absolute um, mega talented guys and you get to see any of them in person and I've seen Brian Reynolds in person a lot and I've seen a couple of these other guys no offense to Brian Reynolds those guys are aliens they're special special guys yeah they definitely are set up with with the gifts that you that you huh. that not everybody gets and then I think the part that people don't really recognize and we're lucky enough I guess probably more on on uh, the football field and the ice to, to see players like that, you know, like a Sidney Crosby and, and their work ethic is the only thing that comes close to matching their talent level. It's just, yep. it's unbelievable what these guys do and um, I, more power to him. So happy he got paid and good for the Rays for real. Um, I know that it's more of what they'll do. I know they're going to trade him before this is this is through, and and I completely understand that. But they, they knew what they were what they had here, and they they made some bold moves to even grease the skids for him by moving Willie Adamas to the Brewers during the season. That's a good player they moved, right? And he performed in in Milwaukee. It's not like uh, they moved a bad player out of the way. They they made room for for a young stud to come up and and beat out a guy that was doing well himself. Yeah. And you look at it, it's, it's hard to lose on either side of this. Um, I mean, for Franco, you're talking almost $200 million guaranteed at 20 years old, boy, to, to not have to worry about that aspect of it. And then when it does come time and the Rays might want to get out from under that contract or move on, they've got, an all world player under a very doable contract and teams are just going to jump all over them for that. Absolutely. And I mean, it's so, it's just so smart from the Rays side of things. And quite honestly, from Franco, I mean, I would have, I, I would have, I would have uh, been worried if he would have turned it down. Yeah. I mean, it's a bold move. Happy to see it though. I think again, from a pirate's perspective, the more, pressure you start seeing from some of these smaller market teams to do things like that. Um, the more it, it kind of gives you a little hope that um, even if major league baseball doesn't do the right thing and fix this game, maybe at least some of these owners will kind of get forced into it a little bit. Absolutely. But Jim, let's go ahead and take another quick break. We'll come back. We're going to start talking about a little bit of what we're thankful for as pirate fans. back jim and you know most much to the uh the listeners happiness we're not going to start playing christmas music the day after thanksgiving like our wives certainly have um instead we're going to talk a little bit about what we're thankful for here um 
as Pittsburgh Pirates fans, and I'm going to go ahead and get it started with a little bit of news. I am excited that they hired Andy Haynes <laughs> to be the hitting coach for this baseball team. Um, he, he's got a good track record. I like I love what he did in Milwaukee. Uh, he was pretty successful with the Cubs as well. Uh, I don't know if this is going to happen, but it, it'd be pretty exciting if Jacob Cruz joined him because I really would like uh, a, a nice team approach again on the on the coaching standpoint. But uh, pretty good stuff there. So that's where I'm going to start my thankfulness with. Well, let, let me ask you. Um... What do you? I'm I'm just happy they filled the position. <laughs> number one, <laughs> um, but I was a little surprised at who they got, where they got him from, just because um, of what the Brewers were the last couple years. Um, the guy certainly has experience. Um, they did some good things, some bad things, but they certainly do seem to have a certain type of hitter in Milwaukee, and they're all about six foot five to 63 ish. And, (laughs) you know, they mash like a softball team sometimes. So it it surprised me a little bit from a fit. I know that he was working with what they had. He didn't build that team and that roster. Right. They played um, in the park too. They played in the park. Um, OPS was not anything to write home about with surprisingly with some of those guys. Um, Average was down. That shouldn't surprise you with those guys. So it was just a little bit mixed. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know his whole track record. I know he's pretty well traveled within the division. Yeah, I'll but, also uh, say they had a health. They had uh, a, a non-healthy Yelich all year that probably brought those numbers down a bit too. So. Yeah, but it was, what, it was with an all-world season by Narvaez. So I mean. Oh. Man, yeah. yeah. Speak. Speaking of interestingly enough, maybe we should have even brought up Yelich and his contract a little bit, just to show the flip side of that from the last segment. That you just now. I mean, there's always a little bit of risk. So, yeah. Um, and Yelich is. I I like Yelich. I hope he figures it out. I hope he, he gets healthy. <laughs> a little known secret. My absolute favorite baseball player. Is like he really outside of Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, okay. I love Christian Yelich. Um, yeah, yeah, both so, the person and the player. I think he's incredible. Uh, right, I'm always worried about the torque on his back with his swing, but uh, and I think that's what we're seeing now. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I love the guy, I really do. Yeah, so it was just a little bit of an example of somebody that that has kind of backfired on. There's just no way to. There's just no way to foresee that stuff. So um, hopefully he gets back on track. But, yeah, I mean, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a ton about the hitting coach. But it, it, it surprised me a little bit um, just because I don't see the the Pirates. We'll, I guess we'll find out how uh, versatile and varied he is because the Pirates certainly don't have a lot of those types of guys. Yeah, I, I think I'll just be happy if I find out it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, to be honest. I I really think that's a mistake when you're building a team the way they are. Um, they have a lot of diverse skill sets. They need to accentuate them all. So I, I'd really like to see that aspect of it where it's more player-driven. They keep talking about being player-centric. So let's hope that the hitting coach follows that through. Um, yeah. Maybe that's why they couldn't coexist with Eckstein, to be honest with you, because player-centric wasn't exactly what he was doing. So, Right. Which was some of his, which, you know, obviously some of that was not his doing, though. So, I, you know, we'll see. Um, 
So what yeah, are you so, thankful for there, brother? Um, let me see. I've got a few things on here and you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go back a little bit. One of the biggest things I'm thankful for as a pirate fan and, you know, um, Hey, baseball's audience tends to skew a little older. I don't know if ours does, but, um, Hey, listen, man, I was in college, me and my buddies one night decided to take a drive over to Three River Stadium. It was a July night. It was 1997. The Astros were in town. <laughs> and we just on a whim had a big group go down. It was a fireworks night. And we got to see a no-hitter. And um, Yeah, there you go. It was, to this date, in Major League Baseball history, the only combined extra inning no-hitter in Major League Baseball history. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, that means you probably weren't born yet. So I apologize, but you need to go look it up because Mark Smith walked it off in the bottom of the 10th in a one nothing game. And it was just nine innings of no-hit ball from Francisco Cordova, followed by a 10th inning of uh, um, Rincon. And um, it was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen live at a sporting event. And I've been to a ton and we all know the history of this sports town. Nothing has topped that. I doubt anything will. I mean, it's the only one ever. Yeah, so, right, right. um, and, and, and for the pirates to, 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 um, to be the team that did that when, you know, growing up, there hasn't been a lot else to celebrate as far as postseason success, man, I'm thankful for that moment. Because it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in person. Yeah, that's awesome story. I actually remember the game, um, even though I, all, I too was in college. And chances of me remembering anything it, well, isn't very high. Yeah, I but, believe you. You said you were at the library that night. So definitely, um, mom. My mom, I was at the library that <laughs> night for sure. Um, no, but I mean that was the freak show. Um, yeah. Everybody was was into that for real. It was, it was a lot of fun that year. Um, just goes to show too, anything can happen in baseball, especially if your division stinks. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was a magic. That's the other thing is you did mention. It was a magical season for the pirates because they had no business, no business being right. anywhere near 500. I mean, I think their payroll at the time was like $11 million, which I mean, yeah, it was nothing. Can, can we even comprehend that today? Even even by baseball standards. And so the season, they were in it to, they were in it to the last weekend of the season. I mean, it was just one of those crazy years. I was in school uh, with a bunch of buddies that love baseball. And so it, it always, it always has a special place in my heart. I mean, so for me, I'd have to go back even further than that because I'm grateful and thankful for the very rich and long rooted history of this baseball team. Because without it, they would not have survived nearly four decades of incompetence without being moved. Major League Baseball won't allow it because of the history of this team. <laughs> and we should all be grateful because it probably wouldn't be here anymore if it didn't exist. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. There are a lot of cities and a lot of organizations where um, we would be singing a different tune. Um and 
we haven't had to worry about that here in Pittsburgh, which we take it for granted. I mean, uh, the other thing, too, I wanted to touch on uh, real quick while we're in the middle of our being thankful for things. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for um, one of the greatest players that ever played the game here in Pittsburgh, Bill Verdon, who just passed away this week. And um, just a sad day. Anybody that likes to go down to spring training remembers a lot of these guys being down there. And he coached also for quite some time in Houston, really successful coach as well. But you would see some of these guys down at spring training. And, you know, Bill Mazeroski just said he's probably done going down there um, after last season. So it's just a, a reminder that we don't have these guys forever. So absorb what you can from them when they're around and, you know, thank you for what you did, Mr. Verdon. We we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for him. And Andy Vance, like, center fielders I like a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And that was really – that was well said. And, you know, let, I'm going to bring it – I'm going to bring it fast forward. It. Um, let's go with – I'll tell you what I'm thankful for is – I'm hard on the Pirates, okay, um, because they deserve it at times. But I will say that I'm thankful and especially thankful these last couple of years is that really every time I go to the ballpark, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful park. It's safe. The people there are always super nice. We've take my son he's five years old they treat him the best and i'm talking the employees and everybody that works at that ballpark uh which is sometimes a thankless job especially now yeah um i took my father there he wasn't having a good night had a little bit of a, a blip as far as health issues they accommodated us immediately got us in the seats that were safe and better they didn't have to do any of that, um, and they and and there was an attentiveness to it, and um, so it's just something that I will give, I'll give thanks to the the good people of Pittsburgh that go to that park every night and make sure, regardless of what happens on the field, that um, they give you a good experience, and you don't have to worry about the environment that you're in, and. Um, I'm appreciative of that. Regardless we take that for of how short staffed they are, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another story, but uh, yeah, and that has happened a lot too. So um, it's just it's just one of those things where I think people take it for granted, and uh, I'm thankful for it. And uh, you know, just in general, Pittsburgh. We talked about it last week a little bit. Our our team's place and our fans' place in in the city. Well, you know, just this week, too, we got to see all three teams kind of come together to do a food drive for, for Thanksgiving. And I love that about this town. I absolutely love that the teams come together. You don't see that everywhere. You really don't. And it's all yep. black and gold. It's all coordinated. City of Pittsburgh is awesome. And I just could not be happier to have lucked upon – being located here by my parents. So. Yeah. 
We did. We mentioned that very fact last week on this show. And um, the timing couldn't be better because, like you said, I mean, there's always something where these teams are supporting each other. And, um, I mean, to me, that's the essence of Pittsburgh in general. And when, you're, when your sports teams uh, emulate that and carry that on, I mean, it makes me proud. So, yeah, I'm thankful for that, too. All right. So the last thing we need to talk about, and, and this is where I'm going to spring something on you because I just love doing it so much. All right. <laughs> I think now we have to say something that we don't want to be talking about anymore by next Thanksgiving. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Let's. Man, Gary, you got me. <laughs> Um, Do you want here, me to start? Yeah, go ahead, because I I, I don't want to just say something that that I that I that I don't have some true sincerity with. So go ahead. Next year, at this time, I don't want to be discussing which cheap pitchers the Pirates can find in free agency. I'd like that storyline to be over by next year. I want them to either come out of this year with an established this is what we want to roll with next time or I want to be talking about going and getting a piece. That's totally understandable um, on both ends of that. I want to – I don't want to be – okay. I, th- this is easy, but it's true. I don't want to be talking – I don't want to be sitting here talking at this time uh, next year about why we're still not looking at Brian Reynolds not being extended and and being yeah. a part of this team and having him compensated like he should be and then building around him to the extent that he the, the, that the fans deserve and that he deserves too. So yeah, that would be mine. I'd also like to know if O'Neill Cruz is going to remain a shortstop or not by next year. I don't want to be guessing anymore about whether he should be moved or if they just are being stubborn while he makes 28 errors. I, I want to know. I, I want that to be settled, um, preferably before he even comes up. But that by is, next that, November, I, it better not be a subject. That is a really, really good point. It'll be fascinating to see play out. And boy, do people get – cranky on twitter and social media when you start talking about this subject it's a it's a hot button topic it's funny because everybody knows exactly where he should play except for him and the team right yeah yeah like i mean man you can get attacked if you suggest moving him off shortstop which i think they'll do by the way let's test a theory let's see how how bad how much you've been paying attention to the noise on on social media What's your first thought if I say he should play first base? You can't waste that arm. You can't waste that arm. I (laughs) knew it, Jim. I knew you were paying attention. It's exactly what happens every single time. He should be in right field, right? And everyone wants that. (laughs) And for some reason, nobody pictures a really, really tall guy out in the same spot Polanco played for all those years and not having recurring nightmares. But, but okay, I get it. They'll figure out where to put him. That's- <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you know what? If the bat plays, 
it's a good problem to have because he's going to play no matter what. So absolutely, um, uh, we'll we'll take that. Um, and you know, uh, I'm going to spring one on you here because I had something down here to be thankful for, and um, this is how I want to end it on my end tonight. I want to be I'm thankful, and I want to thank the fans of the Pirates and the people that show up and listen to our show and have made it everything that it is today. And, you know, we get thousands of listens and they make it fun. They provide us content. They have great questions. They love the pirates and they should never have to be criticized for that. And to everybody that tunes in, whether it's on YouTube or just the audio version of the podcast, um, I know I speak, uh, on this for Gary too. Thank you. Thank you. Because guys, it's been a pleasure and we can't wait to see, um, where this thing goes. Absolutely mirror everything he said. It's, uh, it's been an honor doing this show and, and we're really enjoying it. And, uh, we wouldn't be enjoying it nearly as much if we weren't getting any feedback from you guys. You guys have all been tremendous and, uh, you keep giving us topic ideas in in the background. People don't even realize how 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 much work you're actually saving me. <laughs> you know, I used to, I used to have to think of all this stuff on my own, but you know I'm, I'm getting peppered with topics lately. So uh, really appreciate the interaction and uh, thank it's you. It's good stuff. It's exactly what we set out to do. We want to be an honest pirate show, and we're gonna shoot you straight and. Uh, we hope that you like it. <laughs> Seems yep. like you do. So good stuff. Um, any parting shots for you or you want to just uh, get back to shopping? Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm good. And listen, uh, I, I, I enjoy these one-on-ones with us because I do feel like it kind of does uh, uh, really encapsulate what the show is about, which is us just sitting around talking baseball and, uh seeing who else pulls up a chair and, and wants to talk to. So um, everybody take care of yourselves and have a good holiday weekend. And um, I'm ready for a little bit of Turkey. All right. And uh, Hey, go Steelers against the Bengals. It seems like they're getting healthy. We're really excited for that this weekend. I, I think uh might be a different outcome than last time we played them. Let's so, hope. Uh, good stuff there. And the Penguins look like they're rolling along. Sorry, just going to talk about the other teams a little bit. I do love them so much. And Pitt is going to absolutely crush Syracuse. I can't wait. So, Kenny um, for Heisman. Yeah. Sorry, Tim Benz, if you're listening. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really am uh, I'm all about what's going on this weekend in sports, too. So, hey, with no further ado, what do you say, Ben? Take it away. Take it away.